All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Thursday, hockey fans. Welcome into another edition of Daily Faceoff Live, streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages. He is Frank Saravalli. I am Tyler Uremchuk, and we have 30 minutes of straight hockey talk loaded up for you. And Frank, we're going to start the show with a little bit of injury news from around the NHL today. Calgary Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson, as the team put out in a statement today, was struck by a car while riding a scooter to dinner in Detroit last night. Luckily, Anderson is okay. He apparently texted his Flames teammates a selfie last night from the hospital, letting them all know that he was fine, but definitely a scary incident in Detroit. Yeah, and I want to paint a scene for you. 2019 Stanley Cup final, couldn't get an Uber, need to get to the rink in St. Louis. 90-pound overweight Frank in a suit with a backpack gets on a lime scooter and tries to make his way to the rink. And I realized in that exact moment just how dangerous these things are. Seems like a nice mode of transportation, and I've seen a lot of NHL players wheel around on them before, but, geez, it's pretty scary. Yeah, and uh, luckily Rasmus Anderson is fine, listed as day-to-day for the Flames, won't play tonight though. And uh, the other piece of injury news is that Jack Hughes is going to be week-to-week Devils head coach Lindy Ruff making that announcement earlier today. A big blow for a Devils team that's 8-1-1 in their last 10, Frank. Yeah, and Hughes has had an absolutely magical season. I think he's on a 115-point pace, something like that. He's been so good. And... That's the problem. You look at Jack Hughes, and I've heard scouts say this to me before. He's so slight that it's one of those situations where you love watching him play, 
but you feel like he's always one hit away from being out for quite a long time. So certainly something to keep in mind with Jack Hughes, just an unfortunate blow for the Devils. Yeah, Devils sitting second in the division right now, looking to hold on to that spot without Jack Hughes. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and get into our list of topics today. And we're sticking in the Metropolitan Division. One team that is chasing after those New Jersey Devils is the New York Rangers. And now they sit four points back of New Jersey thanks to their third win in a row. It came last night, a 4-3 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. The Rangers now 7-2-1 in their last 10, Frank, and for a team that was just kind of up and down and a little mediocre for the most part of the first half, they seem to be hitting their stride, and that's probably bad news for the rest of the Metro. Yeah, well, guess what? They never really changed how they played from last season, and so the big reason why you saw a swoon from the New York Rangers earlier this season was because Igor Shesterkin's numbers have dipped. They're right back up now where they should have been. And guess what? The kid line has been reunited now. You see Filipito has eight points in his last five games. That's such a huge part of where not just the New York Rangers are right now, but where they are going. And there's been lots of trade talk. What are the Rangers going to do? Chris Drury had an extremely aggressive trade deadline last year, trading for Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott and all these different guys, Justin Braun that was added to the mix. Every single piece that the New York Rangers traded for at the deadline last year, they all walked in free agency, a significant spend of assets. And everyone's wondering this time around, hey, well, if they go after Timo Meyer or someone of his stature, which they could probably afford to re-sign in the summer if they shuffle the deck a bit and the salary cap goes up, are they willing to part with one of the three pieces from the kid line? And I can tell you that right now, the information that I have is that answer is no. Not only do they not want to, but here's the more important point when looking at someone like Meyer or any of these other big frisks on our trade targets board, and that is they're probably not going to have to. They don't need to trade one of those players in order to get those pieces in return. I think you hang on to Lafreniere, Kako, and Hedl as long as you can and hope that they break through in a more consistent manner. Yeah, and the big thing with those three as well is none of them are really going to be that expensive for the next couple of seasons if you go the bridge deal route and all of that. But Hedl specifically, five straight games with a goal, seven goals in that span, now up to 19 on the season. First round pick, 21st overall, but the draft pedigree, not that of Kako or Lafreniere, but it's been interesting to watch him potentially blossom into the best of the three this season. Yeah, I think there's no doubt. Um is there someone else that has that sort of higher end ceiling? Are they able to finally poke through it? Again, we've seen it in flashes and we've seen, uh, you know, you even just look at, at Lafreniere, the, the OT winner uh, the other night against the Calgary Flames. A lot of people were saying like, when is this guy, does he have wheels? Is he going to show them charging up the ice and three on three overtime? He looked like he could skate pretty well to me. That was the big game from last night, shifting our attention to tonight's slate in the NHL. There's one game that stands out above the rest, and that's a rematch of the Stanley Cup final. It's the Colorado Avalanche taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Frank, uh, the, for the Bolts, it's been kind of ho-hum, same old. Like, they've just rolled through this regular season without a lot of drama. For the Avs, it's kind of been the opposite. A whole bunch of injury issues. Uh, you know, missing a guy like Nazem Kadri, I think, has also hurt them quite a bit. When you look at these two teams, though, and I think the big difference could be that while the Avs have maybe struggled, they're definitely in the weaker conference of the two. Is there one of these two teams that you think has a better chance than the other of getting back to the big dance this year? Yeah, I think it's the Abs. And I think 
the reason is because of all of the injuries that they've had. And if you think about the pieces that they've gotten back recently in uh, just specifically on their blue line, like getting someone like Bowen Byram back uh, has been such a big boost for them. Um, they've been in a spot where they, they've been missing so many key players from their team and they're still going to get guys back in, in Landeskog eventually. Josh Manson will be back. Um, they're in a spot where they, um, they can sort of burst through. We've talked about the Western Conference standings and I've been saying, look out for the Avs who could easily reel off 8, 10, 12, 14 wins in a row without anyone blinking. They're that good and that deep and they play that fast. We saw it in the Stanley Cup final. And I think the one thing that we also saw in the Cup final was a Tampa team that ran out of gas. They just didn't have the juice left when it came to that final series. They had fought so hard to get there, their third straight Stanley Cup final appearance. And I think the East, as you mentioned, is tougher to navigate through this season that given all the injuries Colorado's had, Outside of, you know, people like Makar who have been asked to do much more heavy lifting, a lot of the guys that they're going to have are going to be relatively fresh and they're going to have the opportunity to add at the deadline because they have some of the assets available that, to them to do so. Tampa is going to want to be in the mix, but I mentioned this the other day when we did our trade deadline profile of the Lightning is that the Lightning want to be shopping at Gucci, but unfortunately with the assets they have in their portfolio at the moment, they're probably more likely to be shopping at Walmart for some depth pieces. And <laughs> that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when you don't have a first round pick in either of the next two drafts and you don't have a second this year, the amount of damage that you can do with a thin prospect pool is really somewhat limited on top of the, uh, the cap space limitations that you have. So uh, if, if I had to circle one of those two teams to get back to the final, I would be betting on the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and the second part of my question was going to be is, is maybe the other team, Tampa Bay in this case, is there anything they could do at the deadline to change that? And I think I agree with you. There's just not a lot that can be done with that roster right now outside of some maybe fringe depth moves. And the thing you can't change is just how much hockey they've had to play over the last number of years. And you wonder if that'll finally catch up to them. Like, never mind the Stanley Cup final. But just to get to the conference final, they might have to go through Toronto and the Boston Bruins. And I was going to say, maybe that's one of the real motivations of the deadline is to find yeah. a depth piece or two that could then take some of the heat off of someone like a Victor Hedman or some of your pieces up front to give them some rest down the break, knowing down the stretch, excuse me, knowing that when you get to the playoffs, they're going to be counted on in such a big way. Let's keep talking trade deadline, and instead of talking about two Stanley Cup contenders, let's shift our focus to maybe some teams who are just looking to stay in the playoff mix, Frank. It's a big month for a lot of teams, obviously, as we roll up to the deadline, but I'm sure there are some GMs who more or less know exactly what they plan on doing heading up to that deadline. Who are some teams that could maybe still change their general manager's mind with their play over the next three weeks? Well, I think in either a good way or a bad way, I'm looking at two yeah. teams in the Western Conference, specifically in the Minnesota Wild and the Calgary Flames. Both of those teams enter with expectations. Both uh, were in a spot last season that they probably could have done more damage. The Calgary Flames, we know, had significant offseason surgery and have just not found a rhythm this point in the season. You're waiting for that to happen. You see flashes of brilliance. You see Jacob Markstrom, though, continue to struggle. And sometimes you just wonder, 
Maybe this is an off year. And I think a lot of people have looked at the Calgary Flames and said, well, they were so aggressive this summer in trading for Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger and piling up their bank account with extensions and also signing Nazem Kadri to a major ticket. That Therefore, that means you must also be a big spender when it comes to the trade deadline. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. If you have a team that just doesn't feel quite right with the mix, does it make sense to then throw good money and or good assets after bad this season just to kind of squeak into the playoffs? I do think if Calgary gets in, that they have the ability to be a dangerous team that could go on a deep run because they are difficult to play against sometimes. But more often than not, we've seen this team this year beat themselves. How many third period leads has this team blown? It feels like it's the same story night after night. And we actually talked to Nazem Kadri at the All-Star break for an edition of, frankly speaking, our new podcast one-on-one interview series that will be out next week for the Nazem Kadri edition. You just mentioned that the only way we're going to get in is if we play as a team. And quickly on the Minnesota Wild, uh, they're a team that's right on the fringe in the eighth spot in the West, according to uh, this morning's standings. And there's someone that has some interesting pieces to maybe go the other direction and sell off, like a Matt Dumba, for instance. But he's playing 24 minutes a night again, and you're looking at the Wild saying, well, if they're going to get in, do they need someone like Dumba on their roster to try and help get them there? Yeah, I mean, the Dumba thing would be interesting. Maybe they just want to get a fresh look and shift things up. So you move out Dumba for some assets and then flip those assets for something different. But you're right, Dumba, after being healthy scratch for a couple of games, is suddenly back to being the top four, top pairing guy that the Minnesota Wild need him to be. So it'll be really interesting with those two in particular. Quickly in the East, in 30 seconds, any team out there that you're keeping an eye on? Um, I would say it's more toward the bottom of the standings. And one is the Florida Panthers. Like, I think they've been in a spot where uh, they've, they're trying to make the push. They've been playing better of late. They're not there yet. And Bill Zito, their GM, already has some cap compliance decisions to make should Anthony Duclair and Hornquist be healthy at the same time. Good news that Barkov's injury does not appear to be serious and he's likely to play uh, after sustaining that block shot to the hand. But the Panthers, to me, are one team that you're like, man, there's a lot of talent here. There's been a precipitous mm-hmm. drop-off from last season. It just The math is working against them in such a big way at that 528 points percentage. Um, to me, I, I think that there's a chance that the Panthers are in sell-off mode and probably with some pieces that have term so that they can then gain the cap flexibility necessary for this summer to do that work that they'd like to do to take a bigger step forward next year. The problem is that it might make sense to wait until the summer in order to make those moves. No bark off tonight for the Panthers as they take on the San Jose Sharks as well. Let's move along to our deadline countdown segment for today. And we are zeroing in on St. Louis Blues winger Vladimir Tarasenko, a guy who scored north of 30 goals last season, made a trade request last season that, as you've noted a few times on the show, Frank, hasn't been rescinded yet. It's been a bit of a slower start offensively than I'm sure Tarasenko would have liked with just 10 goals in 38 games. That $7.5 million cap hit could be a sticking point, but so could a No trade clause that he has. This guy can pick his spot as you look around the league. The Blues can't move him without his consent. You listed a couple of teams that are potential fits, and we'll throw those up now. Um, But I guess the way I'll float this to you, Frank, is out of these teams, the Caps, Flames, Canes, Leafs, and Rangers, is there one that stands out as a better fit than the others? 
Well, we just talked about the Calgary Flames and how big of a buyer are they going to be. If they do decide to buy, I like Tarasenko there because they're they're a team that needs a little bit more juice offensively, and they could they've been after that scoring winger for a long time. Tarasenko has all the motivation in the world to want to have a strong finish to the season wherever that is, and hopefully in the playoffs where. He was a driving force for the St. Louis Blues in their 2019 Stanley Cup run. You want to have a big playoff so you can get that big next contract. And, and Calgary is one of those options. The Hurricanes have been mildly interested in Tarasenko previously. They had checked in when he was available just prior to the expansion draft and, and the trade request was out there. That didn't materialize, but we know that they have the cap space from the Max Pacioretty contract as he moves to LTIR after the Achilles tear. Um, he would seem to be a nice stylistic fit um, to replace Pacioretty on the wing. I think the trouble for Carolina is if you have sort of limited assets that you want to spend and or limited cap space, you might want to spend that on a center because I think that's their true need is a second line center. Um, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi, uh, Paul Stastny, those guys are nice depth pieces at this point, but are not a formidable number two on a Stanley Cup contending team. So I think the Hurricanes could be a sort of lower case fit for Vladimir Tarasenko, and and you you know that the Washington Capitals love high-flying Russians, so he could fit there as well. But I also look at the New York Rangers, uh, who have a star winger of Russian descent on the other side of their lineup in Artemi Panarin. Tarasenko is an intriguing checkdown option. Their number one target is Timo Meyer, but they're in a spot where if they don't get Meyer or are unwilling to commit to an extension at mega dollars, that there's kind of this next rung of wingers. And some of them have term like a Brock Besser, but some of them like a James Van Riemsdyk or Tarasenko are, are rentals that depending on how you feel, if you're Chris Drury could make a fit. Uh, just quickly before we wrap up, any idea on the return or a comparable? I would say take a look at the Taylor Hall trade. We actually talked about that yesterday, Tyler, from yeah, when he went from Buffalo to Boston. I think it was a second, uh, and there you go, second and Anders Bjork for Hall and Curtis Lazar, who actually turned out to be a really useful player um, mm -hmm. for Boston, is in a spot where that, that trade ended up looking really good for the Bruins. Um, I think that's sort of the neighborhood that Tarasenko is in right now, given the cap constraints and the contract. Uh, that there is significant maneuverability that would need to happen for most contending teams in order to add someone like Tarasenko, even at half price from the Blues. The Rangers are one of those few teams that are in the mix that have the cap space. And like I always say, cap space, uh, you can't take it with you. You might as well use it. 100%. Full story going up at dailyfaceoff.com later today. Every day, a new trade deadline-themed article from our guy, Frank 22 Cerevalli. days. Let's move along. Yes. Let's move along and bring in Cam Sharon for a new edition of The Number Crunch. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cam Sharon and another edition of The Number Crunch brought to you by Montana's Cam. We spent a good chunk of yesterday's show talking about the Sabres and Dylan Cousins. It seems like so much is going right in Buffalo this year. Are you ready to declare that their rebuild is over? Oh, man, I was all ready to say yes emphatically, but then I, uh, I just caught myself. I don't know entirely, but it's looking a lot closer than it's ever been. Uh, this, is, this is a team that I think has really turned into... Uh, an appointment viewing team, one that I'm really going to pay attention to in the second half of the season. Not only are they doing well, they're very entertaining. They're in the thick of a playoff race. They should have some of the most entertaining games down the stretch. They also have probably the best line in hockey right now in Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, and Alex Tuck. Two of those three are, uh, well, yeah, Thompson and Skinner are second and third in the NHL in points rate. Here's the problem, though. The scoring is really only this team, or is only that line. And you look at the, you know, I've, I've graphed out the levels there, first line, second line, third line, fourth line, and call-ups uh, based on time on ice. This is the Sabre sword on time on ice here. And you see that of outside of those top three, the only player on the Sabres above, a, above an average second line level is Dylan Cousins, who they've just re-signed. So... This is a really interesting situation for the Sabres to be in. And, you know, it's it's funny that we just talked about Tarasenko and comparing his retirement to Taylor Hall. You know, the Sabres are a team, they have a first-round pick. They have three second-round picks uh, this upcoming draft. And you'd think that their strategy would be to kind of stand pat and build. But maybe this is the time to kind of cash in and acquire some pieces that can help you while this core kind of enters their prime. You know, they have these guys locked up long-term uh, in Thompson and Cousins. Power, Darlene, uh, on the back end, they have a really strong defensive group too. It's going to be, you know, they also have some very strong prospects outside of the NHL right now. Uh, not only outside the NHL, but playing in their farm system. And we always liked players that were playing uh, with the Marlies as, a, you know, as opposed to overseas because you have a better handle over the development, over their ice time, over all these things. So the fact that Yuri Kulich and Isaac Rosine are playing significant time for Rochester means that they have a little better handle on, on where these guys are, and they're probably going to be a better fit to slide in the lineup uh, over the next couple of years. And uh, I don't pay attention to the WHL, but uh, here Matt Savoie has been doing a lot better lately. So they do have these extra pieces to kind of supplement the roster going forward. It's just, what do they have right now? Do they have that secondary scoring 
and are they in a situation where they kind of look at, uh, you know, they've been, how was it, 12 years without the playoff spot, where they kind of look at it and say, maybe we should add a forward, uh, add a guy like Tarasenko, go for a run. We have all these pieces. We have these extra picks. It seems like uh, it's it seems like an interesting situation to be in. I think that this is the, the rebuild night might not entirely be over, but this is certainly the core that they've identified as to, to be the part of the next great Sabres team. And I think, you know, this is going to be a group that has success down the road, even if it's not right there just yet. Yeah, it's interesting you said down the road. I think we're all asking, Cam, how close is that? Totally unprompted. I was on the phone with an NHL general manager yesterday who said two years from now, the Buffalo Sabres will be the beast of the East. So that's their sort of unprompted prediction. Um, and that brings us, you know, I, I personally don't think that they're going to be a huge player at the deadline because their mantra has been to be really patient and specifically not box out some of those young guys. You know, you see Jack Quinn, you know, continue to take a step and Victor Olofsson has actually didn't look great on your chart, but his numbers this season have actually been pretty good. So I think they're He's in a spot improving. where they're like, yeah, we don't want to, you know, get in the way of those guys continuing to develop. We want them playing meaningful games and minutes. That said, they're in the thick of the playoff race. They've got Washington, Pittsburgh in their sights, and the New York Islanders are right in the mix with them. So of those four teams that are in the East that are battling for those final two spots, if you were to give an edge to two of them at this exact moment in time, who would they be? I'd probably give the edge to Washington and the Islanders. And I think the Islanders are just such a strong five-on-five team, not necessarily by Corsi and expected goals, but they're just you know, their goaltending is so good. I think that they play really well defensively and they can really impact the quality of shot against uh, that. I think they're just their, their pure five on five goal differential is a better indicator of, of how good this team actually is. And, you know, they, they made the big addition, uh, Bo Horvat on the power play uh, should really help out their power play in all honesty. He doesn't get a lot of touches, but he's a natural player for Matt Barzell to set up. Their power play has really been holding them back. And, you know, the Capitals, they've kind of, uh, they've just been hanging around. They've just, they've been so hit with injuries this year, and they've just been hanging around that spot. They've been playing pretty well lately, better than Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is just kind of the team that they haven't really found that, they haven't really shown me that extra gear. They've shown me way more bad games than good games in, uh, in from what I've watched them this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Islanders kind of, uh, kind of chase down the path, chase down the Penguins over the next couple of weeks. We'll see, you know, the vibes are pretty good right there in Long Island. Uh, they have that game against the Canucks here. And, you know, if they, if they uh, you know, if Bo Horvat has a big game against his old team there, you know, we're looking at a, you know, we're looking at a dressing room that, you know, their, their general manager showed confidence in them and that can always, that can matter. Uh, players always talk about stuff like that. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with the Islanders. I quite like them. And, uh, you know, it's actually quite a bit closer. Uh, if, you, if you sort these standings by point percentage, uh, Buffalo is very close to Washington. I just think Washington's been playing so well lately that it's, it's hard to really count them out. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff as always, Cam Sharon. The Number Crunch brought to you by Montana's and their new comfort menu. Plenty of new items to check out. I went on Monday. Unbelievable. The pot roast soup. I know I know it doesn't sound uh, like something I'd like, but that is my absolute favorite now that I've gone around the gauntlet of their new comfort menu. Montanas.ca, also on our social men or on our social media channels. $50 gift card up for grabs this week. Daily face off on Instagram, daily face off on Twitter. Find out how you can win there. Cam, we'll chat again next week, man.
Ja, see ya. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, Frank. This one came in from a Sens fan who's wondering, hey, if Ottawa maybe gets a good offer ahead of the deadline, could they look to move Alex Dabrinkat less than a year after acquiring him? I think they'd have to consider it, and the reason for that is this. Take a look at their salary cap table. Alex Dabrinkat has played himself probably not into the $9 million range, but certainly in the $8 million range, eight five something in that neighborhood, the qualifying offer that he's due, of course, is $9 million. And the big question, if you're a Sens fan or casual observer, is how many $8 million can one team afford? And that's the big thing when you look at the guys that they've already locked up to massive contracts. You've got Brady Kachuk at 8.2. You've got Thomas Shabbat at 8. You've got Josh Norris at 8. You know, these are all super expensive deals um, that are going to be huge parts of uh, the cap moving forward. And how many of those can you afford, I think, is the real question. Tim Stutzla at 835, that's a ton. Yeah, it is a lot. Part two of the question would be, would they potentially get back the same amount they gave up for him this summer? Impossible. Impossible because wow. any team that would likely be trading for him if you're even if you're getting a first round pick in return, it's not going to be as high as the number seven overall pick that they gave up. And so, um, knowing that teams would have to sign him to that type of deal, that's why the Chicago Blackhawks struck when they did last year and really ended up with a pretty good return for Alex DeBrinket, which has also set the table, as I reported previously, for whatever Timo Meyer gets back from the San Jose Sharks. It's going to be below whatever mm -hmm. Alex DeBrinket returned for the Blackhawks. Let's move along to our points bet daily bets segment. I went one for one yesterday. The Rangers somehow blew it, couldn't cover the puck line, but we got a Panarin assist. So only lost about 0.3 of a unit yesterday, which I don't mind at all. Tonight, I got three plays on a big slate in the NHL. So let's jump right into it. At the top, the Seattle Kraken are road dogs, and they have been great underdogs so far this season. They are dead on 500 as underdogs, but of course, when you're a dog, the payout is better than even money. So they've been very profitable this year when they're priced as underdogs. The Devils won't have Jack Hughes, won't have Vitek Banachek between the pipes tonight. So I think this is a great spot to take one of the best road teams in the NHL at plus money. Also, I like the Florida Panthers. Even though they won't have Alexander Barkov, they're taking on a Sharks team that, okay, they've won two in a row, but they only have three wins in their last 10 games. I don't think this Sharks team is capable of putting together a three-game heater, never mind on the road against a Florida team that beat up pretty badly on the Tampa Bay Lightning earlier this week. Take the Panthers on the puck line, plus 105. Kraken, plus 115. And I got another plus money bet, a shot prop parlay. Two players whose line is set at one and a half. I like Tyler Bertuzzi in Detroit. He's got 13 in his last five games, almost averaging three shots a game. He's hit this in four or five, a good spot there. And if you play it with Devon Taves, who has hit in seven of his last 10, but missed in back-to-back. -back. So I'm going with a bit of a bounce-back spot for Devon Taves here. Play those two together at plus 151 for my three plus money bets on tonight's NHL slate. And Frank, I'm going to wrap up with a little garbage time as well. It is trade deadline in the NBA, and the comparison of the NBA trade deadline to what goes on in the NHL is just a hilarious contract. This morning, 
had Kevin Durant moved to the Phoenix Suns. Brooklyn has sold off the entire roster, it feels like, with Kyrie Irving going later in the week. And it really makes me wish that we could have that kind of drama in the NHL. Right now, we're debating a bunch of, you know, rentals that are going to play in the middle or lower in the lineup. And it seems like in the NBA every year, it's superstar getting moved. I don't know if you'd want that as an insider, but from a fan perspective, I just wish we had more juice behind this. A hundred percent hook, hook that into my veins. If that were to happen, that would uh, make insiders important again. Right now we're dealing with who's <laughs> going to get Vladislav Gavrikov and who's going to overpay for him. Just doesn't move the needle in the same way. Yeah, um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see the NBA trade deadline again. One of uh, one of the best, but maybe we'll get a big stunner somewhere in the NHL. I'm sure if you ask basketball fans a month ago, the idea of Durant getting traded wasn't quite fully on the radar. I know it's uh, kind of been in the rumors for a little bit here, but if you looked around the NHL, Frank, I'll just throw you, I'll throw you one more before we wrap up the show today since we got another minute. Um, is there one team that you look at and go, man, they could just be someone who blows this whole thing up in the next three weeks and really stuns us? Um, really stuns us? Um, yeah. I would say maybe the... What about the Pittsburgh Penguins? Like, they're a team that I think is sort of sneakily lurking here as a buyer that they mm -hmm. could be in the mix. Like they've got two expiring contracts that total north of $9 million in uh, Brian Dumoulin and Jason Zucker. So if they're able to trade out and create some cap space at this year's deadline, whether it's moving someone like Teddy Bluger, who would have some value and intrigue, mm -hmm. or whether it's trading a contract like Kasperi Kapanen, uh, there's ways and avenues to create cap flexibility this year to then add a winger that I think that they could you know, plug in with Malkin and Crosby, someone probably not in the Meyer realm, but what about like a Brock Besser or someone that everyone's sitting here saying like the Penguins probably not going to be doing much at the deadline. I don't know. They're one team. I don't think anyone was talking about Ricard, Raquel, and a trade of that magnitude last year yeah. for the Penguins. And that's exactly what they ended up doing on deadline day. It'll be an interesting month. Thanks to everyone who tuned in on the Daily Faceoff Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube channels. Hit the like button before you go as well. Tomorrow, we'll have a Friday edition of the show, so tune in at noon Eastern time. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and enjoy tonight's games. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.